Wow. You know, when Paul comes into a town, it's not just like any ordinary entry of a person. Souls were saved. People took sides. Feelings were stirred. Decisions were made. Lines were drawn. Paul didn't just simply slip into a village or town or city like Thessalonica in some quiet fashion and enjoy some home cooking and this warm environment. No, it stirred things up. It created chaos. And and the religious established people of that area were threatened, and specifically the religious leaders. And, and here is Jason simply saying, use my home, and the authorities come in, drag him out into the city with a mob. And, and here is the accusation that is levied. Now think about this a minute. These... Th- These that have turned the world, this is the New King James Version, these that have turned the world upside down have come here as well. Another way to put that is these acting contrary to status quo and what we expected of them have arrived. You see, the book of Acts for us is that blueprint of what can be. It's it's a presentable future. It's a a longing, but it it can be a reality for our present as well. And and this draft, this, this layout for us begs the question, because we've talked about what, what does it mean to live into the blueprints as we undergo construction? What does it mean to live into the blueprints of what the Holy Spirit has for us apart from brick and mortar? And we talked about how it's got to be invitational, and we've got to be available, and, and, and how we've got to be willing to share. And Philip went to the Ethiopian eunuch, and he went to the edge of what was acceptable and who was acceptable in terms of his worldview, the uttermost parts of the earth, and, and then hospitality, and, and, and we'll talk about this. You know, Jesus talks about it. When you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto to me. They shared together in their homes, and they broke bread, and, and they had all things in common. But they were missional. And, and, and what was a derogatory, critical comment was the greatest compliment for the followers of Jesus. Kind of like, for some, it was a critical statement to say he's a friend of sinners. For him to say that. And yet, what a great compliment. And in the same way, those who are turning the world upside down, have come here as well. Here's a question for us. How are we 
changing the world for Christ. The book of Acts tells us the story of a handful of men and women who by the power of the Holy Spirit did not leave the world the same way they found it. They were ordinary people like you and me called to do extraordinary things. To stir it up. Those who are turning the world upside down have come here as well. Another way to say that is those who are giving a transformational message are flipping the world right side up for others. And and they're stirring it up. You know, I'm encouraged, and, and the, but, but more importantly, I think others are encouraged for Christ Church. They kind of know our story. They remember us on the corner of Man of War and Harrodsburg Road. And, and I think for a lot of folks, I remember um, I had somebody cutting my hair down a couple of storefronts, and uh, she, I said, you know, our, our church is, is right up in here, not far from you, Okay. And, uh, and, and I was glad to share that with her because I get a discount for anybody else that's a merchant in the, in, in the shopping area here at Elkhorn Village. And so I, sh- I shared that with her, not for evangelistic reasons. And, and, and so, uh, and, and, and she was, I, I loved it because, uh, I, I mean, she's just got a ministry. She listens and talks and tells stories. And, and she said, oh, that was your all's building. I felt so sad when I would drive by and see plywood on the windows and the roof flying off the top, I'm just glad y'all weren't meeting there. <laughs> she said, it looked closed down. I'm glad that y'all have a new opportunity. And I, and I said, yeah, I am too. But I, but I want to ask a question because she, she raised it. She made me think about something. If we closed up shop today, who would notice? I'd notice because I get a direct deposit from the uh, from the finance committee. You 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 notice because you enjoy being with each other. But who else, really? Come on. Who else would notice? I I believe that God, he doesn't want us to exist to be noticed. (laughs) He wants us to exist to make an impact on our lives. Kind of like that woman in the Cadillac that ran into the back of my truck. She made an impact on me today. I I believe that, that God has called us to make a difference. And how's that going to Habit. It's, yeah, you got to think about that a minute, did you? Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, she may. Do you see why I'm a little wound up this morning? You, the daughter, the adult daughter of this elderly lady said, thank you for being so sweet. I said, I'm a pastor. That's the only thing that, that allowed me to be that sweet. no. Um, would they notice? 
Are we really having an impact on anybody but ourselves? I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm asking, folk. I'm not trying to be ugly, as we say in the South. Uh, could it, could it be said of us that we're really making a difference? Are we making real change in the lives of other people? Are we stirring it up? Can they say about us, those people who are turning the world upside down are, are in Elkhorn Village. And, and they're moving to Cat Dip. But they don't really have an address because they're church scattered and they're making a difference. And, and, and they're offering the gospel and people are being healed and they're offering a, a message of hope and transformation and they're seeking God and wanting to do His will. Um, you know, another thing that I think they observed in Acts is that uh, they could ask the question of us, like they did Paul and Silas and Jason, who risked his life to harbor and hold and help and host those who were working for the good of Christ and others. They work as a team. They pull in the same direction. Uh, They have an external focus, but on the inside, they're kind to each other. Those people that are crazy, that are creating this holy chaos, have come here as well. I want to ask... uh, two of our younger disciples to come at this time. I want to ask Veronica Rojas to come and also Megan McSpadden. Now we were a part of something called Awakening 70 and a few others were able to attend. Martha was there and, and Andrew Connell and some others. And so, Yeah, that's your old seat. And, um, and I, I want to say that um, these are outstanding young disciples, and as I've spent time with them, and yesterday specifically, they were sharing with me their heart about what they believe Jesus wants us to be as, as a church. And Megan has gone off to school. She went to in, in Florida. She serves as a, um, and she's back now, and she serves as an elementary teacher in a lower income community here in Lexington. And so she, she's right there on the edge with so many lives and families. And then Veronica's going to be leaving us, and she's most likely probably going to go away to school, which grieves me. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Joanne. It just, I probably hurt more than you do, and, and Hendra. Um, but these, these, these girls are outstanding. And so I asked them, Today, we had a scripture, and I want to throw that scripture up, and I think it's related to the New Testament and to Acts. And, and the Old Testament points to the New. You know that. And there's a connectivity to both. And, and the mandate for the church, and, 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 and I want to say this. You know, it's kind of like software in the background. We're always lifting up Christ. Christ is the redeeming message. And, and we've, we've got a real purpose for why we do things. But in the Old Testament, uh, Micah is articulating what really is the will of God. 
And, and if we have that scripture, it's Micah 6, 8. And it's, and it's this. He has shown you, O mortal, O man, O woman, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so there's three parts there, and I, I told them I wanted them to reflect on two of them and to help me. <coughs> because um, the walk humbly, I've got down. I mean, I, I can walk humbly with swagger. Um, and, and so that last part we can work on later. But, but I want to ask you, what, what does act justly mean? And, and what does that mean for us? Veronica, as a church, as we step into a new phase, as we're in this interim before we get into a new building, what does it mean to act justly? And how would you define that? Um, Well, I would define act justly as uh, knowing the image of God. And we know that we all want to know the image of God better. The image of God is in every person. And there's no way we can know the image of God if we're not exposing ourselves to every different person, every different walk of life. Um, I think acting justly is just loving the way Jesus did. And he loved everybody radically without any judgment. He went out of the way to, um, I mean, we all know he would dine with sinners. He would go out of the way to the margins. Um, He wasn't scared to get out of his daily life to just go and be with the people who needed him the most. And um, I think that's what acting justly is. Also, yesterday, the pastor from Embrace had an analogy talking about if there were a bunch of people drowning in a river, we would all run to go save them and pull them out of the river because they're drowning. Um, But we do need to go to the top of the river and find the source of why they are drowning in the first place. Why is what systems are in place that are making these people drown. Um, How can we meet them where they are, but also go to the top and see the source of what is hurting them? Second Timothy, Paul writes his younger disciple and says, listen, let no one look down on your youthfulness. You have so much to share. Megan has one of our young adults to love mercy. What does that look like? Um, I think the comfortable with being uncomfortable is something that I see a lot. Because um, I I mean, I think that we're all pretty comfortable in where we stand um, with Christ, and I think that that's, it's gotten easy for us, and so we need to push it into something that's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, something that's going to test your boundaries, um, and that might be getting down and dirty, Um, like Veronica was saying, or it might be something different. But you need to be able to push your boundaries because God just didn't come here and just, or Jesus didn't just come here and sit. I mean, he could have, but he didn't. And he got uncomfortable and he loved the least of these. And I think we really need to work on that. Okay. I I don't know if we have this slide, but there were some values related to the future of the church. One slide, yeah, uh, related to in Awakening 70, and, 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 and the Awakening Conference is, is, is to stir us, right? Because in many ways we are asleep, gang. Nobody likes to be told you're asleep. My dad, bless his heart, 
he doesn't want to admit sometimes that he's asleep when I'm walking through the house. And I'll say, hey, Dad. I shouldn't do this, but I say, hey, Dad. Are you napping? No, I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. As though it's some kind of righteous thing to be awake. Well, for the church it is in many ways. It's, it's a value to be awakened to the work of the Spirit. Nobody likes to be told you're asleep. All right, if we're going to be an awakened church, there are a couple of things that we've got to have, and one is Jesus at the core. Going back to what I said, y'all stay right there, i got more for you. Jesus at the core, that's what separates us from every other social organization. There are many organizations doing great things, but we've got an unbelievable motivation. We want to feed the physical body, but we want to feed the soul as well. And then let's look at some others. Let's run through these real quick. A gritty Christ follower, somebody that's willing to get dirty and their hands dirty, and, and they're willing to get in, in, in the hard work, and comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, to really reach the next generation for Christ, it may be that we push against the boundaries of what has been so comfortable for us in our taste, in our style of music, whatever it is. And then let's keep going. Keeping it real. An authenticity. And we'll get these two to point out which ones mean most to them and what they think is key. And then a church has got to, it can't look just like us. It can't just look like Lily White Tim. And, and, and then called to our neighborhood. Now, which one of these do you think is going to be critical as we're in 2020, moving over the next 20 years? Jump in. Which one do you think we need to address most? I'll take gritty Christ followers because, <laughs> I mean, I think our life is just really comfortable. And everybody here, we've just got a lot of comfortable stuff going on. We have a lot of just happiness and privilege and peace in our lives. And I just think we really need to get down and dirty and go to the children at the schools that are, that are underserved and go to the people who don't have a home and have a conversation with them and go to the root of why all these people are struggling so much and see why, why does this keep happening to, happening to them? How can we fix this generational, generational cycle? Um, I mean, just get down and dirty. It's not, it's not going to be fun. I mean, Jesus wasn't just, he wasn't just hanging out all the time. He really got down to it and fellowshiped with the least of these. Strong stuff. All right. Y'all know we're building a building, right? And in two years, we'll probably walk into it. All right, Megan, you're on the interior design team. Thank you for doing that. And there's a reason, and one has to do with your age, okay? How important is a building in terms of the church, do you think? In terms of the next generation, your generation, is it of great value, or do, they, do younger folks value something different? I don't know. We didn't talk about this. I'm putting you on the spot. Um, I think a building is probably not that important. Um, to me, I think the community of the church and like how strong our ties are together is the most important and what our values are, like what we, what we consider our mission, what we plan to do 
um, with the love of Christ. And so I think that's the most important thing. You've heard the word of God today, and it had nothing to do with me. Let's uh, give our thanks for these girls coming forward. And so, if you look at Acts, the message is clear. Jesus is at the center. Paul is proclaiming what we call the gospel, the good news. It's transforming. Demons were cast out. People were healed. It says in the book of Acts that they added to their numbers daily based on this blueprint. And the mission was clear to be faithful followers of Jesus and to invite others. The Great Commission, the last words of Jesus are the most important words for us today. And so, do you, you remember, and you know, I went to, to Lafayette, we, we had some educational things go on there. And, 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 and while we were there, we did win the state uh, basketball tournament while I was there. I had nothing to do with it, but I was proud. But, but one of the things we talked about in one of my classes is logic, you know, in language and, and, and philosophically how uh, we find that in Scripture. And, and you'll find it in Scripture in the if-then statement, right? Kind of cause and effect. Um, if this happens, well, then, then this will be the result. And, and you can see it in the Old Testament, um, God inspires the writer to write, if my people who are called by now, my name, and then, then you will be prospered in so many categories. And will turn your hearts toward me and repent of your sin. Then this will occur. And I really believe that the book of Acts is a huge if-then statement. Inspired by Luke. If you, if you, will lay out these blueprints and open your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ if you will repent of your sin. That means simply turning in a different direction, acknowledging your wrong, and moving in a right direction toward God. And if you will be a vessel that is open and willing to be filled by that Spirit, if you will look beyond yourself and your desires to the needs of others, then you will be prosperous and you will multiply and then you will make an impact and then you will turn the world upside down. But until the if is taken care of, the then will never happen. It's a conditional clause. If Christ church will seek my face and follow after my ways, I will bless them. And more will be blessed then the church will be the church. 
You know what my prayer is? They'll call us crazies. (laughs) They'll say those folks have turned our world on its head and our hearts to Jesus. Let's pray together.